Hello and welcome to this episode of the Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry podcast. My name's Martin Izzard and today we're going to be talking all things blockchain. In this episode, you're going to hear a lot less of me and a lot more of Saskia Stolper, the lorry's German director, as she sits down to talk all things blockchain with Patrick Dagenhard from Consensus, one of the leading blockchain software technology companies, um, and they also happen to be a lorry client. It operates as an incubator for projects and companies using blockchain uh, and works with them to provide kind of tangible real-world results. For any aspiring tech businesses, uh, they're a great example of a blockchain success story. Uh, they formed in just 2015 um, and they've quickly grown to over 1,100 employees worldwide as we record. We wanted to talk to Consensus for the podcast uh, because many think of blockchain as a technology that's still in development, but Consensus are proof that that certainly isn't the case. So with that in mind, we wanted to discuss how it's already being used and the problems that it's solving. Patrick is the head of marketing for EMEA for Consensus. Uh, he came to the company after roles at the World Economic Forum and Philips Domestic Appliances. So blockchain, you know, certainly is a new industry. So we wanted to talk to him uh, about how to market blockchain um, and how the technology can be used to supplement your own marketing in other industries. And if that wasn't enough, uh, they also covered the impact of smart contracts on banking and on soybeans, um, as well as uh, how blockchain can help to solve problems found on a 4,000-year-old clay tablet. So, without any further waffling from me, I'll hand over to Saskia Stolper in our German office and Patrick Degenhard from Consensus. Thank you so much that you're here with us today, Patrick. Can you tell us first about Consensus, what it does and what your role is? Sure. I'm leading marketing for Euro Middle East and Africa. And Consensus is basically um, a studio, blockchain studio and incubator of blockchain related startups. And also we have our own uh, solutions uh, team that is focused on enterprise and government and some other activities like educational activities. We have an academy and we have uh, venture capital and a social impact arm. So we, we partner with uh, nonprofit organizations around the world uh, so they can implement also blockchain projects that will benefit local communities. Can you give us some tangible examples or name some of those companies? Sure. So we have about 50 different startups within the umbrella of Consensus, and we call these startups spokes. Um, and each is an organization in itself. So we have, for instance, uh, MetaMask. MetaMask is uh, one of our spokes that basically creates an access for any browser to access uh, the blockchain, to access Ethereum. Ethereum is our blockchain platform. Another um, interesting application is Gitcoin for developers. So Gitcoin is interested in um, fostering uh, open source software. And Ethereum is an open source software. So Gitcoin is incentivizing developers around the world to write code for um, Ethereum and, and other applications. We have many, many examples. For instance, I have OpenLaw. 
uh, that is dealing with uh, smart contracts. And when we ever talk about blockchain technology, smart contracts seems to be playing a really, really big part of it. So what is it exactly what smart contracts do better than normal contracts? Mm -hmm. So this, I think this is a fundamental element of blockchain. I gave a talk yesterday in a summit and I showed the picture of a clay tablet that is 3,750 years old and in that clay tablet re written in Old Babylonian in cuneiform script uh, was basically a letter and in that letter we have the transcript of the letter and the guy was basically complaining about a transaction that should have occurred in a certain way in that case it was a delivery of some copper um, and the guy that was selling the copper sold a low quality copper and the guy writing the letter was extremely angry at the, at the other guy because it wasn't what they had uh, discussed. Basically, it wasn't what was in the contract. Like 4,000 years ago, people were having the same problems that they still do now. And if you read the letter, the guy's reaction is exactly was we would react today. Then the guy was saying, for instance, what do you take me for? We've discussed this and you're treating me with contempt. Blockchain uh, came to solve this issue of trust. And the way that it solves an issue of trust is that it creates a technology that doesn't depend on people needing to trust each other. The underlying technology creates this trust. Uh, so it's a trustworthy system. And the way that it's, it creates this trustworthy system is through uh, smart contracts. So when Bitcoin was first created 10 years ago, it created the framework for this technology. And then when Ethereum, uh, the blockchain platform, was created, that technology, Ethereum, uh, made possible the creation of smart contracts on the blockchain. And what these uh, smart contracts do, basically, is it's an if-then function. Right? For instance, if I receive one ton of copper, you will receive, and this copper needs to fulfill these requirements of quality, uh, weight, and origin, and everything else that you want it to have. Uh, if these conditions are met, then this amount of money will be exchanged and it will be in your bank account, and then you specify which bank account. It doesn't require any trust in individuals if the conditions are met, then the, the transaction is processed. It solves a 4,000-year-old problem. And would you say that, because we're talking about, in this podcast, about topics for marketers and people working in public relations and communications industries, would you say that smart contracts and the concept of decentralization has an impact on the marketing and communications industry as well? It could have. It could definitely have. So it will impact any process that has an intermediation, right? Because block, what blockchain does is um, it can eliminate or drastically reduce uh, intermediaries in a certain process. So if I take, for example, um, one, one industry that we are working with at the moment, which is the commodity trading business, meaning those ships with cargo, with soybeans, for instance, from going from Brazil to China, and they're transporting tons and tons of soybeans. In order for that process to occur, there is a ridiculous amount of paperwork, number of people involved, as 
just intermediaries. They're not bringing any value to the, to the transaction. They're just taking value. With blockchain, you can disintermediate this. You will still require a number of people in the process, but the way that these people, meaning banks or transport companies or lawyers, the way that they will work is extremely streamlined. So instead of taking, for instance, two to three weeks, the process, the payment for this shipment of soybeans, it may take a couple of minutes. So it, it, it completely changes the mindset in a certain industry. So the same thing can, could be applied to marketing. Marketing has been disintermediated to a certain extent mm. already. And if you are in this business and you're not effectively creating a lot of value through your creativity, through your connections that you can make or whatever it is, you are you know, at risk in the future. So you have to, to watch out or start creating some more value. And you mentioned before the change of the mindset, right? And I think that's very difficult to do because the adoption of a new technology is always met with a lot of challenges, I would say, in society. How would you, and obviously you're working in a marketing role, how would you describe consensus approach to marketing and PR? Well, <clears throat> we are part of this decentralized organization, right? So uh, at Consensus, there is no organigram, there are no bosses. It's completely flat as an organization. And the degree of autonomy that people have is absolutely unparalleled. I've never seen anything like this. Um, the degree of accountability is also extremely important. So in marketing, it's no different, right? We have to rely on each other as a team. And the accountability must be there for each team member. Otherwise, you know, we, we cannot operate. What I've come to realize is that in a decentralized organization, it's even more important to collaborate with others, to have good communication lines uh, with each other in order for the whole organization to, to work efficiently. Otherwise, it's extremely difficult. So you may think, well, if it's decentralized, then I can work by myself and I don't need really to, to cooperate too much with other people. No, actually, it's the opposite. You, you have to cooperate even more mm -hmm. uh, with other people. And, um, and that's extremely important. What would you say are the biggest differences working at Consensus? Or what makes it so special compared with your positions at the World Economic Forums and Philips beforehand because those were much more are much more traditional organizations. Yes, yes, they're more structured. Cultures are completely different from these organizations, both between successful business such as uh, what Philips was and a non-profit or international uh, non-profit organization as the World Economic Forum is. They are all different between themselves and then consensus is also a completely different uh, thing. Um, I believe the difference is a higher degree of autonomy at consensus. And the fact that there's no hierarchy and decisions are made by consensus, I also think it's extremely attractive, uh, not only for me, but also for anybody that is joining the company. From an intern to a very senior person, everybody has the same voice, everybody has a say, and they are very welcome to express and their voices and I think this is uh, amazing, this is extremely exciting.
This is a very vanilla question. What is the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? Um, <laughs> Or personal career advice? I think perhaps deliver on time and on budget. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about the difference between the companies now and like what makes consensus so special and probably also successful, right? Mm. When we look into 2019, what do you think are the main kind of challenges and opportunities for blockchain companies? You know, blockchain is still an extremely nascent technology still at this point in late 2018. Uh, we see ourselves, you know, if we compare with the internet, the wider adoption of the internet, it's like 1996 or 97 now for blockchain. So the boom hasn't really even started. So we are building the foundations, we are building the infrastructure, uh, we are making the infrastructure more efficient as well in terms of number of transactions. We are seeing some key organizations starting to adopt blockchain. For instance, we're partnering with Amazon, uh, with Kaleido, which is a way for um, businesses to create consortia and then work together and cooperate using a common infrastructure. Um, so you see, when you see a, a company like Amazon adopting it, or Microsoft, or other big organizations um, adopting blockchain, you realize, well, actually this is you know, starting to happen, but it, it really, it hasn't even started. And when we talk about those implementations, which are basically done by a lot of your spokes, what advice would you give your spokes or other kind of smaller blockchain companies or companies in the in the blockchain space in regards to their marketing and their business development? Well, these are all tech companies, right? So when you have a tech company, you have to really understand your end user. If it's a B2B company or if it's a B2C solution, uh, you really have to think of the user experience, develop your product around it and then deliver. And the fact, to me, the fact that it's created on the blockchain or some other way is to a certain extent less relevant than the solution that the company is bringing, right? So for instance, in the trade commodity uh, example that I gave, If it runs on the blockchain or not, what it matters is that it reduces the time for the transaction to happen from three or two or three weeks to some minutes. You know, that's the, the real tangible benefit. And I think this piece of advice is, is, is relevant for any uh, startup, right? Create a product that is benefiting uh, your end user and then you'll be all right. Then you'll be successful. Yes. In the end, blockchain companies are not that different to other technology startups, right? It's just, you know, talking about the end user benefit and, and the adoption and what you get out of it as a tangible result, really, at the end. Yeah, uh, maybe the addition for blockchain is that people are extremely passionate about the whole ecosystem. So we have a big cultural change element, which is the decentralization aspect of it. But besides that, yes, it is a tech tech company perfect thank you so much for your time patrick thank you it Sasha. was wonderful bye bye
So there you have it. If you're a company using blockchain um, and you need to expand your reach, don't get caught up in the technology. Um, as Patrick said, you need to make sure that you remember who your audience is and make sure that you lay out the benefits uh, that you're bringing to your customers or to potential customers. Uh, if you want some more information, Red Lorry Yellow Lorry recently published a PR 101 article specifically on blockchain. You can find this on the Lorry website at www.rlyl.com. And with that, I want to say another thank you to Patrick and to German Lorry Saskia. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Lorry Yellow Lorry podcast, specifically on blockchain. As always, if you want to find out more about us and how we can help you, head to rlyl.com or drop us an email on hello at rlyl.com. Thank you, and I will see you next time. <laughs>